hands on your hearts and receive. Let your hearts be fully built up. It'll lift your souls into a higher elevation of love today. That rain is so anointed.
Ecstasy, love, glory, like rain through all flesh. didn't have to help the rain. The rain lifts the ark. The rain is the father. Really good. Wow. I love this intense flesh-numbing glory because it makes ministry nearly impossible except by the Father himself. Release the seven stars upon all hearts. seen the parable today of the the tree and the branches and the birds
because I've been looking at this thing the last 10 years, 11 years of broadcasting. It was 2009. It's been 11 years. And the people that are drawn to the glory, you'd be surprised who's drawn to the branches. It's almost like the glory attracts the negativity. Because the birds will come and they'll rest in your branches. They'll begin to eat your fruit. And that's what transforms the soul from attached to evil angels to holy angels. But they almost always come with the evil angels. I've noticed that for 11 years. And that's why there's just so much never-ending drama. Until your branches and your fruit strong enough that it's pushed out so far that none of the drama comes into your sap, into your trunk, inside the tree of it itself. It's all external. That's why the leaves are the healing of the nations. Because you have to grow your branches out that far for people to feast on you, that far away from the core of the throne room fully developed inside your heart. And that's when you can't feel the pain of the fallen world anymore in your heart. That's when he's wiped every tear from your eyes. So keep growing by feasting. It's coming along really nice. Only the sick know they need a doctor. That means that only sick people are going to be coming to you. Only sick people will be coming to us. And the glory actually will make them realize that they're sick, and so they don't like you at first, but later on they realize you're just revealing the kingdom of heaven to them because they were totally deceived in human pride. And human pride is nothing less than the full maturation of the serpent in the garden of your heart. <laughs> and most people think that's good. Being good in your brain, they think that's a successful human when it's the epitome of being the son and daughter of the fallen angels. The glory actually reveals our sin. The glory actually makes people sick. And then they realize they need a doctor. That's when they start eating the fruit off of our tree and start getting healed in the true life that's come into the world through Jesus Christ. And they become dependent on someone other than themselves become aware of Christ instead of self, which is the total reverse of the curse. The glory is the most misunderstood thing in the entire world because the glory itself is divine love that transforms the human nature into the divine nature until you become a tree of life entirely in your roots, in your trunk, in your sap, in your bark, and your branches, and your fruit, and in your leaves. And your leaves will begin to fall and cover people's flesh with the third heaven glory. That's when you begin to love people, is when your leaves are the leaves of the tree of life. Mm. Well, that's about it. The external warfare was pretty extreme today, but I felt it at a super far distance away from me, which was really interesting. It couldn't come anywhere near the core of my heart. 
<laughs> there was an external attack at my branches, at my fruit, but it felt thousands of light years away from me. It's really interesting. I could see in the distance it was severe, but because of where we are now in our hearts, mm. that was the most extreme case of what the enemy could do to us today. Because mm. the Father always allows our fruit to be tested. It's like pressure tests. When you get new hardware on your computer, you, you do a test on it to see how much it can handle. You're always tested by everything in this world every day as the tree of life grows up in your heart. And those storms are what make your roots grow deeper. <laughs> the more you're tested, the more you're pruned. You know, you're like a 400-year-old bonsai tree. It's the more valuable you are. Glory. <laughs> like the word says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And the branches of the tree go out. Who are the branches? The disciples. Amen. What's it say in Matthew 19:14? Then the little children were brought to Jesus for him to lay his hands on and to pray for them. And the disciples rebuked those who brought the children. But Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Mm. The disciples, the branches, <laughs> stand between the vine. And there has to be a clearing away of the dead branches to let the harvest of the fruit of the youth come in. The youth in Christ. The little children. And often it's the people closest to us. People in our family, people in our household, people in our ministry that end up being those branches that get in the way of letting the anointing come forth in full fruitfulness. But you just got to clear it away. Let the healing leaves come forth. Over. If you speak to the mulberry tree, to be rooted up and cast into the sea, it will obey you. Put the dead wood into the water. This is some ascension music right here. <laughs> Hop in our chariot of fire. Bob Jones often talked about the never-ending revival as an elevator mm. and people just hopping on board. When your mind's tuned in to the elevator frequency, 
which is nothing less than the spirit of holiness. And so the word is what tunes your mind and to the spirit. And in the spirit are all the holy angels that are assigned to ascend and descend upon you, mm-hmm. body of Christ. Yeah. <laughs> You're a member of the body, so... If you are tuned into the right spirit and not the evil spirit or the religious spirit or the pride spirit, but the Holy Spirit, you'll ascend every day. You'll have an angelic celestial day every day. And until your mind is pegged in the high place, there's still work to be done in the healing of your heart. People aren't above the snake line because... There's snakes in their heart. There's lies and enemy seed in the heart. So when we speak the word of God, it's to go into the heart and eat and devour the other seed that's in your heart. Like Moses' staff devoured the seven staffs of the seven kingdoms of Satan in Egypt. So is the word of God devouring all the words of the seven kingdoms of the seven mountains of Satan that are in the universe from your heart. And then you'll have the fullness of the kingdom seed, the one mountain, Zion, rising in your heart as chief of those seven mountains in the last days. That's what will carry you up to live above the mountains in the high mountain of Zion where the water temple is being built. You go up by Jack and the Beanstalk with that magic seed There's nothing more magical than the Word of God. It cancels out every other spell. It cancels out the religious spells of Jezebel. It cancels out the lust spells of Delilah. It cancels out everything in the world. And it's a dominant seed. All it takes is your continual surrender in your mind to believing the seed of that Word. And it will grow. And it will get bigger and stronger. And it will choke out the other seeds. We give the enemy's seed way too much credit <laughs> because you've been born of the incorruptible seed of the word of life that cannot die, mm-hmm. which means sin. So when that seed is in your heart, it's there forever. It's just, did it germinate? Did you water it? Did you learn how to drink? Did you get in the river? <laughs> did you do all the things that you needed to do to farm your heart? Jesus spoke in farming terms continuously because the whole kingdom comes as seed. And it's not just parable because we read 1 John that the word is the seed. And when the word goes in, is there other words there that don't let it in? A lot of people only let the word into their brain. There's no soil in the brain. Not a single time in the New Testament does it say there's soil here in the head. That's actually the place of the mark of the beast that needs to be sacrificed. You, you bring your head to the altar to burn it. And the head goes down as fertilizer, manure, right into the soil of the heart. And the true intelligence of the word, living, active, energized, rises as divine intelligence from your heart to the measure you've given it the fertilizer of the dung heap of the world. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life are all in the brain realm in the soul realm, in the natural realm. And you can literally bring it all as fertilizer 
and the sacrifice of your soul, no matter what kind of crap, literally crap, you go through in life, it will go down right into the heart and it will be miracle grow in the seed of the Word of God. It's one of the greatest things that people don't understand about Christianity, that it can transmute the darkness that you do willingly. You know, we all sin, people sin, and they'll go out and they'll mess up and feel bad all the time, and I screwed up again. Listen, if you learn the ways of Christ, you can take all of that right through your soul, put it in to your heart, and use it as fertilizer. Nothing in this world can condemn you when you understand the new covenant. When you get revelation of what His seed is able to do working in your heart and the garden of your heart and the ability to transmute the external realm and use it in the internal realm to develop the tree of life growth within you, nothing can stop you. And everything that tries to becomes fertilizer. Jesus actually used it as launching pads. Everything external that came against him was a promotion because he immediately, through the divine nature, turned it into a greater glory for his heart. Because when your heart's pure, nothing can condemn you. When your heart's pure, everything external that comes, what is it going to be? It's going to be laws. It's going to be legalism. It's going to be lies. It's going to be the kingdom of hell. It's going to be human understanding, human ability. All of it, whether it be human or fallen angel, Jesus Christ can use for himself. That's why he says all things work together for good for those who love him. If you know how to receive that into you, like martyrdom glory, it will enhance your inner man to grow angelically. That's why all these years, the more attacks, the more misunderstanding, the more persecution, the more we deal with the serpent nature in the garden, the more fertilizer there is for the seed of the sons of God to mature even faster. It's true. The more you put yourself out there in the glory, the more the negative stuff in the world will attack you. But if you know the knowledge of the glory and how to use the negative as fertilizer, it will actually manifest you as a son of God quickly. (laughs) So you got 8 billion people on earth that come in a human nature and if you reveal to them the glory of God and the revelation knowledge of the glory the animal nature will attack it they'll come to the light with sickness they don't and not a single one has ever come to the ark healthy or healed it's not possible only the sick know they need the doctor and the doctor is the glory so you're only dealing with a sick human race that's attracted to the health And the sickness attacks the health, the health transmutes it and forgives their sins and uses it to even enhance the glory within itself because that's God's nature, to turn darkness into light, to turn sorrow into joy. It's called trading. In Jeremiah, we train our our weeping for rejoicing, our weeping for dancing, our sorrow for laughter, and everything negative for all of His divine glory and love. And it comes right in, and it changes. And that's how you grow as leaders, by continuously dealing with the sick, and then receiving it all upon yourself, and then they're all emptied out of their poison, and you pour into their hearts the new life from the Ark of the Covenant. You pour into their hearts the glory of God, and then they begin to change inwardly and that same nature of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, is formed in them and that's how people get healthy and the gospel multiplies. 
God uses the sickness, the disease, the poison, the bitterness, the pride that's in the world to purposely be attracted to the health of Jesus formed in people. And people don't know the priesthood of Melchizedek yet well enough to transmute that darkness into light, so they often get shut down. We're going to teach you how to turn all of those curses into blessings. There's nothing in the kingdom of hell that can stop Jesus. He cannot be killed a second time. The more death that's heaped on you is a greater opportunity for the nature of the Lamb of God to transmute that death into life. Because Satan was defeated at the cross. And if you know how to use the cross to turn death into life, the more death that comes at you, the more life is produced through your heart. But you have to be a daily sacrificial lamb. That's truly what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. You can go everywhere and just absorb everything like a scapegoat. But it's utter selflessness and only Jesus formed in your heart can do those works. So you have to be completely yielded to him all the time and whatever that takes. It's usually just the killing of our ego. (laughs) Not adding anything to the Trinity. Realizing we're completely sick ourselves and need him desperately every moment. And that's an increasing desperation. At no point in spiritual growth do you become mature enough to not die daily. (laughs) In fact, if you ever keep growing and then realize, well, this is the level I want to stick to, you become a fading glory. Your message can even become poison if you don't constantly be crucified with Christ because then that lamb nature won't change the darkness into light anymore. It's all about the revealing of the throne of God the Father through the Lamb. The Father is the glory, the light being, the source of life. And our access to Him is through Jesus and through Jesus' death and resurrection. But that death part of Jesus is what keeps us clean constantly. And as priests and as Christians, You're constantly slimed, you're constantly poisoned. The only way to get it off is the full embrace of his death on the cross every day. And you're completely washed, crystal clean and sparkling. There is nothing that hell has that can stick to you if you know how to die with him every day. But if you have pride in you and you like some idolatry and you got some lust in you and different things, then, that, then the devil can stick to you, and that's how Christians get picked off by flies, because they're not willing to give up the things that actually belong to Satan to trust Father God to have better rewards for them, riches and glory. Don't even know what it is. We've never seen the riches and glory, so we just hoard the riches of earth. The riches of earth are not just money, but natural pleasures like a natural inheritance, like buildings made by human hands, like huge ministries, like all the stuff that looks good in the natural eyes. But I'm telling you, a lot of what we see with our natural eyes is not big in the spirit. If it's not challenging principalities, then it's really not that big. And listen, 
It doesn't take big ministries and big numbers of people, 60,000 people in agreement to challenge principalities. It just takes one fully crucified apostle. That's how the book of Acts was. There's just like one apostle would show up in the whole city with earthquake. There was no Christians there. There was no revival there. There was no one in agreement with that one man in the entire region for hundreds of miles going around. It's just one person crucified with Christ is all it takes. I mean, that's the standard that we need to raise individually. And when we come together corporately, like in a cloud like this, it enhances and electrifies the cloud of glory so strongly that it shakes the heavens and the earth. I mean, we really have dozens of people that are fully on board with what's going on here with this message. And that's what makes it so intensely powerful that whatever the Father wants to do through us, no matter how out there it is, out of the box and out of religion it is, we're fully on board with anything Father God wants to do every day. And we don't care about being misunderstood. You can't care about anything. Because Jezebel will allow the prophetic. Jezebel will allow so much of charismatic Christianity. She'll allow all the gifts. She'll allow all the charismatic churches. She doesn't even mind your big 60,000, 100,000 person conferences. But if you go high enough in the Christ nature formed in you and begin to threaten the angelic sphere and take over the heavens, then every single thing down below that's false will start attacking you. That's how you expose Aren't these charismatic ministers supposed to love other people? They're still under Jezebel, and so when people that have overcome Jezebel come around and are actually operating out of the, the height and the stature in the spirit that you're meant to as leaders, it exposes them as not even overcoming the devil and actually being submissive to the spirit of Babylon. <coughs> in the spirit of Jezebel, in a charismatic system. And that's what you're dealing with in America right now. <laughs> and it's severe that most charismatic leaders are in full submission to Jezebel. How will you know? By those who raise a higher standard in the true angelic sphere, where the overcomers are according to scripture, and they begin to work with the archangels, the seven stars in the true body of Christ's right hand. True leaders work with archangels because the archangels stand before our Father in heaven. And if you are the sons and daughters of God, you're always before your heavenly Father. It means you're always working with the archangels. And if you're not, that means you're not a true leader. And we have to have true leadership in order to raise a standard in disciple nations. And most Christians now are not even involved in true Christian leadership. They don't even know what it is because of how much Jezebel and false Christianity have infiltrated all Christianity in the world. There's such a depth in this revelation that God is pouring out in this time that it's literally creating its own flow that God is ordaining a, a vessel for his glory to flow through under his own hand and there is so much that has been revealed in part but never in the water I mean I look at all the visions and the end time stuff and the people who have gone to heaven 
And there's revelation in it, and there's love in it, and there's godliness in it. But they were dry visions. There's a difference. There's dry visions and there's water visions. We haven't even fully entered the time of the water visions. But they're coming. It's, it's starting to birth in this time. The glory. How do I know? Because they come back and they don't talk about the water. Or if they do talk about the water, the water was a side note. It's all about the living water. Everything proceeds from the throne as living water. So you can't have a full vision, a full revelation without the water. There's still fruit in it. There's still, this is, this is what Brandon was just saying. Jezebel will even let you talk about those things. Jezebel will even let you see those things. And God will ordain that you see those things. But the fullness that he has ordained in this time is the water. Mm-hmm. And it's like those experiences have been seeds, but they can only germinate with the water. Yeah. So they go into the word and they That's have good. the heavenly encounters, but they stay inside the dry and dead seed. And it's back in the earth. And when the waters come, all the spiritual visions and all the encounters of all of it becomes materialized through the terrestrial plane and establishes the physical manifest kingdom. That's so good. (laughs) (laughs) The floods mature all the seed of God. What do we think the latter day rains are? (laughs) It's literally the, the water coming forth to water those seeds. To water all the dry visions and the dry seeds and the dry land and to bring fruitfulness and harvest to it all. To bring life to it. Honestly, that stuff, as, as edifying as it sounds, and I know, because I've, I've heard people preach from the seeds, from the water, uh, or from the, from the revelation of the dry revelation, and it was edifying, and it fed my spirit like crazy. But we haven't even entered what that looks like when the water is poured out on it. And it's given true eternal power. (laughs) When the spring of the water of life is made a full reality to your entire mind, and your mind begins to use the spring, like John 4, the woman at the well, then that water looks for death. It looks for dry places. It actually goes and begins to attack the enemy. And so that we're at a place now where these living waters are so real inside our hearts. And there's such a gush of God coming forth. Fire hydrants with rainbows and lightnings and angels of the water are going out now as our own evangelists and our witness of the reality of the water temple on top of the mountains. And it's going down... And it's going and touching everyone. These waters are touching everyone in the world. And the waters are the witness of the kingdom of heaven that are in a higher dimension. The waters are what draw you up into the water temple. The city of David, what did Jesus Christ say? Is a city on a hill. (laughs) And inside the city on a hill is is Ezekiel's water temple. Because Ezekiel got the blueprint... And the city itself is the new Jerusalem that comes down like a scroll and it rests upon the mountains of this world. You see Jezebel riding the seven-headed beasts and all the members of the Horror of Babylon that are carnally Christian instead of spiritually living water Christian. 
And that's the counterfeit that's being removed in the heavens upon the mountains for the establishment of the city of God and the temple of God. And just like Jezebel and her system have been invisible and run by religious warlocks, well, our system is also invisible and it's run by spiritual apostles and prophets. Most of those pioneers are listening to the sound of my voice right now to establish this city on the seven mountains. And that city will become just as real as all the potent sorcery of Babylon the Great was real to the whole world. And everyone coming out of the Great Tribulation is coming out of Jezebel, the seven-headed beast, and the carnal mind and religion influencing all thought life. And now they're beginning to be washed, and they'll come into the full expression of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit through our city. This is the tabernacle of David that comes mm. forth now. That's right. <laughs> Full-time job to just drink from the mountaintops. Joel says the mountains will drip with wine. That means people had to get to the top of the mountains. People had to overcome all the blockages of the demons that guard the mountains. That's why there's been such warfare all these times. Every time you rise, you're dealing with an external thing that wants to shut down your ascension to the tops of the mountain because you're building the water temple by faith in the Spirit with the gospel on the mountaintops. And everything that's been built in the world opposes you every step of the way. Until it's built and there's enough water flowing from the high place that it begins to wash away everything the enemy's built. And then everything's sanctified in the world to be added unto the temple and added unto the city, and that's how we get our inheritance as the holy people inheriting the kingdom, Daniel chapter 7. <laughs> Amen. The water has to come forth. Look, what we've just done is thrown demonic principalities and powers out of not just people. We're talking nations. We're talking continents. We're talking powers, principalities, thrones in heavenly places, celestial places. They've been cast down. What does it say about the person who had the, the, the demon cast out of them out of the dry, and sent to the dry place, but then came back with seven brothers, found the house swept and in order, and made a new home for itself because the temple of that person was still dry. So if we don't release the water, we're actually bringing a sevenfold judgment on the earth. That the demonic will get even stronger. It's not going to happen, but I mean, that's why I'm showing a parable of why even on a physical level, the water is that important. The live, if you don't have the living water, you're toast. But it's the key. Jesus called the water life himself. <laughs> the water of life. The river of life. The issue is pride is the dry place. Every day, every problem I deal with in ministry, every message, every email, Every relationship that's not perfected is because of a lack of water received into the roots of the heart. 
that the heart is still connected to something that requires self instead of Christ. If you want permanent breakthrough from internal problems, not like you're not going to have external problems because people freak out on me every day and it's just madness, but internally, it's the fullness of the kingdom of heaven. And that realm can't be touched. That's storing up treasures in heaven. Where's heaven? Luke 17, 21, the kingdom of heaven is within you. So this realm is perfectly protected. It's the realm of your spirit. And your spirit's constantly expanding and growing by eating and drinking from the table of the Lord, the bread and the wine. But the external gets dealt with by your internal. And if you want your internal cleaned up, you have to let living water into every place of your heart. That's how you get the roots of David, the roots of the tree of life. To be a, a life-giving tree instead of a dead tree that doesn't have fruit. And a dead tree does have fruit, Galatians chapter 5, the fruits of witchcraft, selfishness, manipulation, divisions, factions, arguments, debates, legalism, the religious pride of Satan and his angels. All of that fruit is on a tree whose root system is connected to the flesh. <laughs> How many of y'all know your spirit can connect to the natural realm? And that's what connects to the throne of Satan. When people have continuous demon manifestation, I dealt with people, listen, there are people in this life that manifest demons for 72 years and die and go to hell. It's just reality. Because their, their roots were connected to the natural dimension from birth and to death. The issue of salvation is the changing of your root system of your heart to not be in the natural realm, but to be in the kingdom realm of the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden is where your roots must be in order to be internally perfected in the garden of your heart. Internal perfection is primary. There is not a single activity in this universe of all time more important than the perfection of the garden of your heart. You could work in the soul realm, doing psychology, Christianity for a hundred years, but it won't do anything in the heart until you learn to work in the garden of your heart by the Holy Spirit, using the sword of the Spirit, you actually can bring your mind into the Garden of Eden. You can bring your mind into the Garden of Satan, too, of thorns and thistles, and seed of the fallen angels that bears forth the, the bad fruit of the sevenfold abominations of the Antichrist. You can bring your mind into any realm inside the heart with the sword. The sword is like a key of David that enters into whatever is going on in a person's heart. We have spiritual access to everyone's hearts. People say, oh, my heart's an enclosed garden. Listen, not to God. In all things, through all things, and by His Word, all things are sustained and have their being. God is sovereign. The issue is He's looking for men and women to partner with His sovereignty for the full expression of his power to shine forth through all hearts. And if in a remote time when everyone's hearts are laid bare, it says in Corinthians and other places in Scripture, speaking of when everyone's hearts are purposely and intentionally pierced with the sword of the Spirit and cleansed, and everyone gets their heart circumcised, even if they don't want to. It actually says that in the Bible that people's hearts will be laid bare and all the works in the world will become visible. 
In Peter it talks about when all the works that are done in the spirit of the human heart. And it's not talking about the works of the holy angels in Jesus Christ in the Garden of Eden. It's talking about people that have partnered with the fallen angels in their heart and have done secret wickedness in the heart. Religion is actually the practice of the kingdom of Satan's pride in the heart, partnering with fallen angels, but then externally being a whitewashed tomb. And that has fully infiltrated all Christianity in the world, that we can't even tell a whitewashed tomb from a temple of the Holy Spirit glory. And oftentimes, people are so confused, they'll fight the temples of glory inside because of the greater intellectual reasoning and argument of the carnal mind with the whitewashed tombs so that even born-again spirit-filled Christians are often often siding with the Antichrist against the temples of God's glory on earth. And that's why the prophets are still murdered in the year 2020. Find honor in the true pioneering prophets of the water temple. I mean, maybe within our 40 people, but you show this to 40 million other Christians out there, people think we're way off. People think that we're blasphemers. They think all these negative things towards us. Why would you think negative things towards freedom and abundant life? Because you've never seen it demonstrated. Because Jezebel has bewitched American Christianity, most of all, to serve the whitewashed tomb, the external appearance, and neglect the garden of the heart so they don't even value the seeds of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Why don't these people test the fruit? Jesus said the only way you're going to know if it's a true prophet or a false prophet is by the fruit. The love amongst our community is like no other community I've ever seen in the world. And actually, I could say, like, this is one of the richest places of nourishment and love of any community I've ever seen. The the constant building up of each other, the constant interpretation of dreams and visions and sharpening each other with revelation. And it's so enriching and so strong and powerful, the remnant that we have here. How could anyone say anything negative and especially amongst Christians? Because the God of this world, an angel of light, has deceived people that even the elite, talking about the leaders, would become the enemies of those who cultivate the Garden of Eden in their hearts. Song of Solomon will become the very garden of our hearts. And that's what we've broken into. That's the hundredfold love realm of, of glory. And when that realm becomes physically manifest through our renewed minds, we will produce cities of love. And the people that have honored the Jezebelic false forms of Christianity, even those with mixture, which is a major problem because the mixture itself will murder you. I don't care if you have signs, miracles, and wonders in your ministry, and you have 100% accuracy in words of knowledge. If you encounter the Garden of Eden, there's no more prophecy, there's no more gifts, because love has come, 1 Corinthians 13, all of your gifts are null and void and gone. And that's often why people that are mature in the old church system of the gifts of the Spirit, when they encounter the love glory, manifest, because it's a completely different world and system of perfection and eternity that is moving in, and unless they transition into it, their ministry actually becomes completely irrelevant and becomes more about them than what the Father wants in the planting of the Garden of Eden on earth. 
that people actually want ministries where they can use their gifts because it becomes a business for them. And this is why most charismatic ministries murder red letter ministries. Mm -hmm. Because it's more about a personal business for them using their sovereign gifts of the Spirit. You know, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. You did signs, miracles, and wonders, healings, drove out demons. You healed the sick. You did all the external stuff that looked really good so you could raise millions of dollars to support and plant churches all over the place. But I didn't ask you to do any of it. I just wanted you to bring Eden during this time. And you're still doing 2,000-year-old works from the book of Acts that are not even being asked to be done by the kingdom of heaven today. And even though they have the Bible that's here that you can read about people doing those works thousands of years ago, because they're not in the heart realm with God in intimacy, they're doing external works that are deceiving the whole world. And it's really important that we have the anointing of the sons of Issachar right now so you know the times and the seasons so you don't get caught up and those workers of iniquity that are doing all the charismatic stuff with all the money and all the hoopla and all the magic, but it's not what God's even doing right now. And you become completely cut off from the actual works of the Father in the planting of Eden. Eden is being planted from the top of the mountain. This tabernacle of David is also the Garden of Eden fully manifests through your heart. <laughs> When the Garden of Eden is manifest through your heart, that means you're a mature tree of life and your branches are covering regions and your heart is perfected in love. And when your heart's perfected in love, your heart comes right up through your mental ray. So as the morning star rises in your heart, it actually builds up your soul in a higher elevation if you keep going. Everything in the world opposes the development of the tree of life in your heart. But the very tree of life, Jesus Christ, will grow up inside your heart and lift your soul up to the top of a very high mountain where Saint, Satan tempted Jesus and said, I will give you all the kingdoms of this world. I will give you my seven mountains if you bow down and worship me. Jesus didn't bow down and worship him. Get behind me, Satan. You worship God alone. So Jesus got that inheritance. That's where Satan was defeated at the cross. Jesus got the mountains from the very high mountain when he died on the cross. That's his inheritance. But God gives his inheritance to us. It's written in the New Testament. Those seven mountains, the high place, the very high mountain over the seven mountains, which is where you read about the, the Queen of Heaven, Jezebel, and the Horror of Babylon, because... Because we haven't received the inheritance of what Jesus had because we're in false humility and carnal Christianity and works and religion and legalism and all this fear-mongering stuff, that realm was forfeit to the fallen angels for thousands of years because of bad Christian religious teaching, Jezebelic Christianity. All the rebukes to the seven churches in Revelation 2 and 3, all of that stuff that Satan was doing with those seven churches in Asia Minor matured into that seven-headed beast. Mm. You can see that from wow. Revelation 2 and 3. All that, that negative demonic seed matured into a dragon ridden by a woman, and that woman represents false Christianity, a Christianity that's not crucified with Christ, a Christianity that's not third heaven, but earthly, unspiritual, and demonic, and even using the gifts of the Spirit for self instead of the purposes of the Father, which is the main thing happening in global charismatic activity. Not even minor, because it's, it's the only thing the Father is doing right now 
is establishing the tabernacle of David, establishing the city of David on top of the seven mountains. Everything else that says it's God is actually a thief and a robber. It's true, and you can get lying prophetics, you get lying dreams, lying visions. I've seen continuous lying dreams, lying visions, and lying signs and wonders every day of ministry for 13 years from people using the gifts for self instead of for the Father. That's called Jezebel and the Whore of Babylon, and you have to come out of her, my people. You are coming out of the great tribulation at the sound of my voice today. Satan has maximized all his lying religious arts to deceive all the world, even through, even after you're born again. You know, Jude talking about a people get born again, speaking in tongues, having love feasts with the Apostle John, with the Apostle Peter, with the Apostle Paul, and they still go astray. That's what you're dealing with in the Bible accurately. And we don't even have very many men and women of God at that level of maturity. How much more easily do these people go astray? to a seven-headed beast in a false Christian system that has all kinds of stuff that says it's God, but is absolutely not submitted to the throne of the Father. That's why Revelation 1 is so crucial. That you take everything you think you know in your entire Christian life, and you fall mm. dead at the feet of Jesus. It's true. And you literally start over by death with him at his feet, and we die daily. That's something you do to progressively grow in the Spirit every day so that you don't, don't ever get back involved in a dead system that pretends to be alive. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh, Look, I had to learn this lesson too. You know, my thing was, because I had the heart of God in me, but it wasn't refined... I got into people pleasing, you know, and you can be a prophetic people pleaser. You can be a, a healing people pleaser where you literally, you want to go heal and prophesy over the whole world. And don't get me wrong, God still moves through it and there's still anointing on it and there's still moves of God that have happened through it. But what I'm saying is you have to sacrifice that to truly get to the depths of the will of God. Because otherwise your ministry is all built around people-pleasing. Mm -hmm. And it's all based on the outcome of whether or not they were encouraged or healed, etc., etc. Right? And then we call that the good fruit because it was the evidence. That ends up being the Jezebelic order that he's talking about. Was my, did my preaching, you know, that I said today, did it please the people? Did it feed the people? That's not what matters. Did it feed the Father? Mm. Did it feed the Father? Amen. That's what Jesus did. Oh, yes. Sacrifice everything for Father-pleasing. People-pleasing is what grew the Jezebelic system to be the whore of Babylon. Sacrificing all of that system to lay, lay down at the feet of the Father and die to it is the hardest thing when you've been pouring all of your money. You gotta understand, people, Americans have put billions of dollars into the Jezebelic system. They're not going to just give it all up and just repent. Mm -hmm. There has to be a pressure of the glory itself convicting and forcing them. That's the Great Tribulation. The Great Tribulation comes upon Christians' strange fire so that they can actually serve at the Father's feet instead of at the feet of Jezebel, a false Jesus. 
That's why it's necessary. It's to save the people from religion. The Great Tribulation is your salvation from your human religious nature. And I tell you what, even the mightiest men and women of God still wrestle with it on a daily basis. And how do you win? You get into the pleasure of Eden. You get your spirit so built up in love that your brain is renewed to submission all the time to the greater one in you and a total rejection to the weaker one that's in the world. But if your brain is not renewed as a daily animal sacrifice to to fully submit to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in your spirit, the brain by default submits to the fallen angels that work through elemental spiritual forces of wickedness that are in the world, and everyone becomes idolatrous in anything they do in life, especially most deceptively in Christianity, because it's still an external idol. So when you come around with the internal Garden of Eden and you're melting their external idol of religious Christianity, you become the false prophet and the Antichrist in the glory of God from the third heaven as an apostle sent from his presence. And that's why they murder us and speak every lie against us every single day. (laughs) Because you're melting down the idols of the soul attached to the external realm. And the greater our internal realm is built up. That's why it's so important to keep building up everyone's hearts with revelation, prophetic revelation after prophetic revelation, which is the bread of the new covenant and intoxicating new wine, the love of the wine of Christ, the blood of Jesus, building up everyone's heart and just ministering that bread and wine, that love word and that love wine, the love presence and the love words, containers of the love presence into their hearts until they're fully built up in love and perfected in faith. Being perfected in faith is being completely built up in love so that you only experience through your five physical senses the Garden of Eden continuously. Perfect love flowing out of the temple of the Holy Spirit and touching everyone around you constantly. And we're, we're a remnant of people that are on that path so that everyone in our community is experiencing that constantly. And it will grow and people will understand this is true New Covenant Christianity. And the promised land is the Garden of Eden, not out there somewhere, but fully formed inside our own hearts. And we speak seed into each other's hearts. And water gushes out of our hearts, wells of water, rivers of glory, rivers of water. And we're watering people. And when you have the revelation of the water and the seed in the garden internally, then you're open to receiving it from others. And that's the full perfection of love. The difference of other people is they haven't learned how to receive. And there's all kinds of rocks in their heart and they don't believe half the things you say so that none of these garden works even work on them until we demonstrate it. And they're like, oh, that's the kingdom of heaven. That's the gospel. And they see it, they hear it, they taste it, they touch it, they smell it. It gets into all their five physical senses and they become open to it. And then you manifest and magnify the kingdom in each other. And that's how we'll spread through all society with the fullness of of the kingdom of heaven in this generation. Amen. <laughs> Glory. Whoa. <laughs> you know, I believe there's two types of ministry that Jesus demonstrated. One out of compassion and one out of mercy. In the compassion was he would look upon people and see the Father having compassion on them. It says that Jesus would be moved with compassion. And he'd bring forth the healing, he'd bring forth the deliverance. Amen? 
So he moved with the compassion of the Father, and that made it intimate. That made it not out of his own works. It made it out of intimacy with God, a compassion work. Now, the mercy was pretty much the opposite, where the people saw the Father in Jesus, and they said, Son of David, have mercy on me. Here's my request. Here's my prayer. It's, it's either a drawing of the Father or a drawing to the Father in you that releases your entire ministry. And you have to, like, it's such a place of trust because then you're not doing works. Mm. You're trusting God for the entire source of it all. And there's not striving. There's not pouring out more than and going beyond what the Father is calling you to do. And you do it from a place of rest. But you do it from a place of full spiritual stature. This is the place where, where he wants to build us up, where we all walk on the streets and literally, I mean, it's going to happen. Mm. When you have the mark of Christ on you and it becomes visible to the entire earth, they're going to know you're the son of the living God. A son. And they're going to come to you to with, with requests. They're going to come to you with prayers of salvation and requests of salvation for their household and for healing and deliverance and so forth. Mm. So that mercy gift is coming to the entire body. It's really important. I've seen in ministry that the mercy, and talks about mercy and grace and mercy and love being the covering of Solomon's marriage carriage the canopy of the marriage of man and God. And in my experience, the mercy is necessary for the religious, like the older prodigal son syndrome of Luke 15. The self-righteous and the prideful that are always trying to earn salvation by being good in their human nature, I mean, it's a disease. It's literally the seed of the Pharisees that has got inside people's hearts and they don't know how to get free of it. Religion is the greatest tormentor of mankind, and there's nothing even close. Drugs and alcohol don't even compare to religion and what religion's done to mankind. Religion itself is Satan and his angels. That's the very nature of the devil. That's the very curse of the fall. That's the very temptation in the garden, and that's what kills, steals, and destroys all nations. All the governments of this world were built on religion. It doesn't matter what religion it is. And you find it's all the law, and whether and they're all good laws, so maintain order, but it's not based on love. Therefore, it's based on flesh, and the enforcement of the laws of the flesh has always been the fallen angels. Oh, and that's how Satan and his angels have ruled for 6,000 years over all nations. And the only time we had glimpses into glory and the kingdom age is when men and women walked in grace and walked in love. There were times where he saw just abundance in the times of Solomon and David. Because David went outside of time into the eighth day. He went into the promised land and began to operate out of the priesthood of Melchizedek. Psalms 110, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And began to operate out of the kingdom realm on earth, bypassing all the laws of man. He didn't operate out of the law of Moses. <laughs> he operated out of the law of love. And I tell you, this is the transformation of civilization. 
is transitioning from do's and don'ts, <laughs> external performances, Sorry. to the laws of love, mm. the administration of love, the justice of love, <laughs> the judgment of love. Love is also a judgment. People come and they feel condemned because they're not obeying the law of love and they're obeying 600 other do's and don'ts in their brains. And those do's and don'ts in their brains, you, you can trace them back to scripture. I need to do this and I need to not do that. From Genesis to Revelation, if you interpret the scripture apart from love, you are automatically under the curse of yeah, the law. That's so good. <laughs> How many Christians are still under the curse of the law? Because mm -hmm. they haven't made love their law. Love is the fulfillment of the law, the golden rule, which means the gold, the glory. The only way to access the spirit is through love. First, receiving love, which is learning how to receive the word of God that comes in like a sword. How can a sword love me? Well, you know, it's not for your thinker, it's for your drinker. Taste and see that it's good. It's going to appear to be a flashing sword, the same one that kept Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden. And the cherubim there look like they're going to kill you. All they're going to do is heal you and restore your life. See, the natural dimension has blinded everyone's hearts to reject the true kingdom things of God and to be scared of God and scared of punishment, scared of judgment. But through the Lamb, the Father can only give you goodness, and Satan and his angels try to keep you away from all the things of the living Father so that you're fathered by devils. Beezable, the father of lies. And so people have all these, these eggs in them, spider eggs, snake eggs, and they got all the stuff in them, and it's all the result of laws, all laws, and seeds of laws, that have not come from the living throne, but the dead throne. Satan is a legalist and a lawyer using human and angelic law to control and manipulate the world through false goodness. Human goodness is false goodness, and it comes from fallen angels appearing as angels of light in every single nation in the world. And the only answer that God the Father will ever give has already come and already went and already sent the Spirit. And if we get into the Spirit, the Spirit Himself is love and becomes a river. And in the river, the more you grow in obedience to the Spirit of God, <laughs> the more you'll enforce the law of love and fulfill the nation's laws and begin transforming city governments, county governments, state governments, nation governments, and the governments of all the world will become the governments of our Lord and His Christ by people that obey the Spirit, which is the fulfillment of all the Mosaic law, which is all the sorceries of Babylon the Great in the world. It transforms every sector of society when we get into the Spirit and we obey the law of love. Amen. <laughs> there are people that will get so obedient to love. I'm talking about supernatural, divine love glory. They will fall so in love with God in them and others. Even through their souls. While they're yet in sin, Christ loved us. You know? While we were yet in sin, Christ loved us and died for us. So we're loving them with the Spirit through their souls while their spirit is still dormant. Well, they're unawake. They're not spiritual. They're earthly, animalistic, and demonic. And they live in this world like mammals instead of angelic spiritual beings that have souls that live in bodies. They're totally dead in their sins, and they're sleeping in sin. And when you pour out your love into their soul, 
they'll feel that. That's ecstasy, angelic ecstasy, and it'll go right down into their heart, and that causes awakening. So your obedience, even if it's through all kinds of trials and tribulations, eventually will come into harvest if you just stay loyal to the law of love and don't let your love wax cold. Satan wants your love to wax cold by constant mistreatment because your love will eventually awaken everyone externally once it's fully manifest internally. It becomes an outpouring. It doesn't matter now if you're internally a real Christian, obeying Christ in the Spirit, intimacy, yachting Him in the Spirit. Now if you're just a human being on the face of the earth, you get it externally, just like you did the light of the sun, just like you did the gravity, and just like you did rain and snow and the natural elements. It becomes a natural manifestation of the supernatural if you're consistent in obedience to love. And that's what we're stepping into this season. People that have been perfected in love, that the love of heaven is fully manifest through our souls that becomes a rain externally, naturally, and it's mixed with sunlight. It's very important that you understand that the love of God is mixed with the sun. The bridegroom's chambers, Psalms 19 verse 5, and it talks about the chambers of the sun and the angel in the sun and the one angel had was standing in the light of the sun. The one angel is the unity of the brethren. That one angel is our spirit life combined mixed with the natural dimension to become even the natural light of the world. When Jesus was in the world, he was the light of the world. Wasn't just spiritual light. He's the S-U-N of righteousness that rises with healing in his beams because he was the creator of the sun and the moon and the stars that he was mixing his entire spirit life, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, with the natural creation and penetrating everyone physically. And that's why they could come in and lay down palm branches and the next day is like, because he had physical dominion through the sun and through the moon and through the planetary systems of this world, through the natural heavens. When you're built up in your internal heavens, guess what? Your soul transfers it into the natural heavens. And that's when you begin to bring the archangels, the seven stars, from out of the spirit into the natural. And when you bring it into the natural and it physically is touching their brains, it removes all the fallen angels in the world and brings the kingdom age. It's the manifestation of the mature sons of God that have been fully built up in spirit, renewed their mind to take the heavens and to remove physically through the light of the sun, the bridegroom's chambers. All the demonic influence of all souls in the world in Jesus' name. So good. Yeah, and that's one of the biggest challenges that the love glory that this ministry walks in has. Is It's, it's not... It's, it's that the love of God feels too good to be true. That is, there's this like resistance where they're like, whoa, is God this great? Is God this loving? Is God this... Wait, wait, what? These guys can get high on the substances of heaven? Not, not things of the earth. And they can still preach and they can still minister? Like, what is this? Who, who is this God that they serve? Look at Moses. He ascended the mountaintops. The people were unwilling to follow him. The, the, I mean, this was hundreds of thousands, millions of people unwilling to follow him to the top of the mountains to be with the glory of God. 
but that's what's taking place now that's different is the drawing in it's the drawing in it's the mercy of God drawing his people to him so that we will all ascend in the elevator together I was seeing in the natural symbolism Moses went up and then he brought it back down to the people and that's true of the apostles and prophets today we've gone up and we bring it down to the people but then all the people come up with us because you're giving them a drink it's by the drinking from the water temple of the third heaven that brings people that are down below in the elevation of their soul into a higher elevation totally and there's a drink in every word that comes from the true apostles and prophets are they mediators between God and men Listen, the fivefold remains into the perfecting of the body. Mm. Most of these bitter people that once walked with me rejected divine authority and have cut themselves off. There, are, there is a tremendous amount of animosity towards me and other real apostles in the world because Satan hates our guts because we'll actually raise them up into the water temple and the demonic will be completely obliterated from the earth. Yeah. Look for these people that say, you don't need man, you already have God. They're demon-possessed. What temple does not have leadership in it? Jesus Christ, right now, in eternity, has 24 elders around. You don't need 24 elders. You got Jesus. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That's a rejection of man's authority anointed by God the Father. This is one of the main deals you're dealing with in Christianity right now is rebellion towards the anointed authority because there are people hand-selected to raise the dead. The sons of God have been hand-selected, predestined for a day before the foundations of the world. If you reject the sons of God, you reject the kingdom of heaven, we'll see what happens. But I'm telling you guys, it's it's very similar to Dathan and the rebellions of the Exodus of Moses. These people are rejecting the promised land of the new covenant. And they're out there speaking against anointed leaders. You see these people speaking against people trying to build the kingdom of heaven on earth? You have to be influenced by demons to do that work. So be very aware of people that are speaking behind our backs. (laughs) That's demon possession 100% of the time. You're not dealing with a human being that's just struggling to understand. You're dealing with a snake working inside the heart that's rejecting that soul from going to a higher elevation in the spirit. You're not wrestling with flesh and blood ever. You're not wrestling with dust. You're wrestling with the serpents in the dust. Hmm. These people have serpents in them, and it's rare to find a person that's not influenced by serpents. It's rare. They find a person on earth that doesn't have demonic serpent influence because they haven't overcome the dust. They haven't overcome the curse. They're not living in the fullness of the Garden of Eden glory. So people will manifest venom and serpent activity all the time on you. You have to have spiritual vision so that that serpent venom doesn't also poison your soul and poison your heart and pull you down from increase in the spirit. Every time you have increase, you'll have serpents come and try to steal your increase. There's never been one breakthrough in my life going from glory to glory in 20 years that I didn't get serpent tested. You see what Jesus and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is it going to be any different from your growth in favor and wisdom? Satan came every time and said, you really want that? I'll take it from you if you don't want it. He wanted it. He he treasured the things of the spirit more highly than the things of the natural. And so he never lost territory. He had an ever-increasing glory for three and a half years of perfect ministry. 
We have to treasure everything of our Father, even if the external realm doesn't. That's how we don't lose territory in the Spirit, but we become the tree of life. And eventually, by not backing down to serpents in people's dust, it will consume them externally, naturally. And that's the end of Babylon the Great. When, when, when we're internally built up, and it can eat them externally through their flesh. Revelation 19, feasts on the flesh of kings, generals, horse, rider, and the flesh of the rich, and the flesh of the poor, and the flesh of all humanity, when your spirit is fully built up in the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Amen. Chaga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whoa. So good. <laughs> <laughs> I love the oil press. <laughs> the wine press is great. The oil press and the wine press together are really special. There's do not harm the wine and oil, Revelation says, and I feel the press of the wine and the press of the oil simultaneously today and it's really, really nice. So good. It's rich. (laughs) Let it press into everyone's natural senses. If you just come to this wine and oil and are just willing to be touched by it, it will go in your five natural sense gates. And that's what will transform you. When your flesh is submitted to the wine and oil, you go on autopilot. When your flesh is resistant to the wine and oil, you'll have demonic influence the rest of your life. So it's all about following, falling in love with the wine and the oil of the Garden of Eden. The wine and oil on earth is the evidence that the Father is with us. It's grace and truth, it's love and mercy, the goodness of God, it's the love of God, it's intoxication, and it's healing ointment. It's our drugs. Wine and oil clearly are drugs. Mm. (laughs) I mean, you ever met a wino? I know wino. I mean, that person is messed up. person's on drugs. You need to be a Holy Ghost wino. And that's an intoxication that brings healing to the nations. That's an intoxication where there's no negative side effects. People still know very little about the wine and oil. It's still, it's a promised land experience. The land of milk and honey, and what was the evidence? They brought in Jurassic-sized wine grapes as the evidence that there was a promised land. The drunkenness of the wine is evidence in Christianity that there is so much more. There is a promised land of new wine where you'll be continuously physically intoxicated on love. Song of Solomon made flesh. Song, Song of Solomon 5.1, be drunk with love. Love in the physical realm is what destroys Jezebel. That's why it's the most persecuted substance in all Christianity of all time. 
It's the main thing that got people in trouble in all Christianity throughout all time is when it became a physical manifestation of drunken glory love. That's when the martyrs got their heads chopped off. That's when it became real because you're bringing the fullness of Eden into the natural dimension. People are okay with it if it stays in the spirit. But once it goes through the renewed mind and you become a wine press, that's when they freak out because you're destroying all the works of the devil in the whole world. The wrath of the Lamb is called what? The wine press. Because it finally got out of your heart by fruit production. Your vineyards grew through your heart, renewed your soul, and now they're being planted externally in the natural dimension upon flesh. That's the end of Satan's kingdom when you bear that much fruit and fruit that lasts. And then you learn how to vine dress and you be just like the Father and you could say, the Father and I are one because you're planting heaven in the nations, in their flesh. Amen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Glory. What do you got there? Uh, can I take up tonight's offering? Yeah, please do. Awesome. Yeah, you know, one of the ways that God will test our hearts and prepare us for the harvest that's coming forth and the works of God, the move of God that's coming forth is with our finances. Because if we can't even give our finances over to Him, how are we going to give our heart over to Him? And so there's this interesting exchange that happens uh, in John chapter 12 where Mary comes and anoints Jesus. And this was six days before Passover when Jesus was about to take the cross. Now, Mary came and took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume, but Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples who was about to betray him, said, Why is this anointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. Having charge of the money bag, he used to himself to help, uh, to help himself to what was put into it. And Jesus said, Leave her alone, so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. So one of the things that will happen when you are trying to give and, and pour your heart out, look at, look at Mary, literally put yourself in Mary's shoes. She was pouring everything she had and offering it to the feet of Jesus. And the one who was about to betray Jesus tried to rebuke her. Literally, that's what happens next is, is it was literally that Judas goes and starts betraying Jesus and, and starts fulfilling it. So there was a testing of hearts. And it was the woman, not the disciple, it was the woman who came forth and put the ointment on his feet, the expensive ointment, that was rewarded and was blessed. And you know what? You want to know what she was rewarded with? <laughs> when Jesus came back from the grave, he came to Mary and entrusted her with the entire gospel verbally. A woman. That was her reward. She reaped the entire harvest of that time because of her obedience and because of what she did for Jesus before his death. So you have an opportunity 
when Christ is before you through his people because he lives in human temples to partner with the works of Christ that are coming forth. And you literally, this is, it's like so exciting. You literally can do this from such a joyful place because you know and you are entrusting your heart and your finances to what Jesus is going to reward you with later. You might be rewarded with the entire move of God. It happened with, with Mary. It also happened with Barnabas, the rich man who ended up later selling his fields after Jesus took the cross. It's a model of trusting God and not knowing when, not knowing when the reward's going to come, but knowing that you're serving a good God, knowing that you're serving a loving God, and knowing that you're serving the love gospel and being okay with making the sacrifice from a place of pure compassion because that's the only kind of giving that he'll reward anyway. But how many of us, like, even within our own souls, we're warring against that Judas mindset? Where we're like, well, I can just give my, I don't want to give my money to these people. I'll just give it to the poor. You can invest in thousands of things, but it will be fruitless for the upcoming harvest. Only by putting it at the feet of the move of God on the earth through his people will you be able to receive the rewards like Mary and Barnabas and many others did. So I bless those of you who give tonight with what God is unveiling, calling you into a deep place of trust, trusting God with your finances, trusting God with what he's doing in this hour with his people and knowing that he'll reward you for it. So for those of you who haven't given before, you know, even just go to the Red Letter Ministry site, redlettermin.com, check out our partners page, which we have a lot of information on there about like, who we're reaching, how we're reaching people. You can see our schools, our internship program, all the different things that God has called us to do in this taking this media mountain. And, and take a look at, at some of the statistics. We're reaching hundreds of thousands, millions of, of people every month with video content, with advertising, to get this message across the whole earth. It's very, very powerful stuff. So take a look at redlettermen.com and... Uh, Give as your heart leads you. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Glory. Love you, love you guys. Thank you for supporting us. Yeah. Our works will grow together. You're giving into the third temple. The third temple will take over the tops of the mountains and transform all society. Glory. <laughs> we love you guys. <laughs> <laughs>